Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. The text for today is a real-life drama that occurred when Jesus walked the earth as a man. It consists in an extravagant display of honour given and received, in heartfelt tenderness that transcends any human experience. Jesus knew what lay before him. The betrayal, suffering, separation, brutality and isolation. He was about to lay down his life for all humanity, to be our sacrifice, saviour, healer and deliverer. Yet it was festival time. Behind the scenes, a plot to kill him was being devised. Political unrest was percolating to boiling point. Yet in the midst of it all, Jesus takes a moment to enter the house of Simon the leper and sit at the table with friends. So let the drama begin. Mark chapter 14, verses 3 to 9. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spinkenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than three hundred denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always and whenever you wish you may do them good, but me you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. This is a very deeply spiritual moment. Of all the disciples of Jesus, it is this woman who knew and understood what Jesus was about to give his life for, that is, for all humanity. Jesus tried to explain to his chosen twelve, yet they did not understand. Even though they journeyed with him and did life with him, they were yet to surrender their own selfish desires and will to him. As a result, they were yet to be transformed by him. But follow him they did. It is this woman who not only understood the enormity of Jesus' sacrifice, but she embraced it. She celebrated it. She broke the flask and poured the entire contents on Jesus' head. This was an uninhibited act of honour. She had a revelation of Jesus, and in response to his radical love, she gave her all back to him. This was a moment between the two of them, so intimate, 
tender and most precious. To her, there was nothing more precious than receiving Jesus' sacrifice of himself. She didn't count her cost. She simply received it and honoured his cost. It was a priceless gift of expression of selfless love. Of course, some were indignant amongst themselves. In religious piety, they criticised her act of reciprocating Jesus' honour and pure love. They wrongly judged her, and they declared it was a waste. Trying to justify themselves, they argued that the fragrant oil would have been better use if it was sold and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, her saviour and defender, protector and rightful judge, immediately comes to her defence. He steps in and tells them to leave her alone and challenges them as to why they are troubling her. Jesus affirms her and her heart, at the same time exposes and condemns theirs. For the poor is there with them and has been with them all this time. Jesus encourages them that if they want to give to the poor, out of their own wealth, as opposed to telling someone else of what they should do with their wealth, then the poor is there for them to do so. God cares about the poor, as they are oppressed in this world of riches and injustice. He is their defender and saviour. Yet this passage of text is not about God's justice for the poor nor humanity's inability to empower them. It is all about an intimate moment between the King of Glory, who became a servant, and a woman who he came to serve, serves him. How he raises her up in honour, equal to him, for all the world to see. Jesus, without hesitation, receives her act of honour and selfless love and declares it as a good work. It is a good work because she did it for him, out of the revelation of who he is, what he has done and will do. She did it without expecting or wanting anything in return. She did it for him and him alone. He is the Son of God, the Son of Man, who is about to sacrifice his life for all humanity. Out of her revelation of who Jesus is and what he has done and will do, she wholeheartedly responds in honour and love. Yet even so, what Jesus says next is nothing short of extraordinary. Let's read again verses 8 to 9. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Jesus said to all who will hear, that she has done what she could. 
nothing more, nothing less. She had received the truth into her heart and responded from her transformed heart. By Jesus' words, it is clear that she knew how much she was loved by God and the cost of his sacrifice. He had placed the highest value on her and her life. The highest value and worth of all is God himself. He will pay the ultimate cost for her and has given all of himself to her. Not only her, but every individual throughout the ages. Yes, she did what she could. And in response, she anointed the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for burial. An act of acceptance and gratitude, worship and honour, revelation and intimacy. Think about this. She, a woman, anointed Jesus. Jesus, the Anointed One, is the Word of God, the very essence of God, who became flesh and walked the earth as a man. The Son of God became the Son of Man, and this woman anointed him. In the Old Testament, anointing was for a particular service, whether a prophet, priest, or king. It means when a certain person is anointed, they are chosen by God and divinely ordained by him. A prophet speaks for God in his power and authority. A priest intercedes between God and the people in an act of service to the people, and a king leads the people in service to them. The king also represents the foundation of power. To go deeper, please listen to our podcast, Kings and Priests, Part 1 and 2. So all three, the prophet, priest and king, are to serve the people out of worship and honour of God. The act of anointing with oil was to symbolise God's chosen one, and even more significantly was done by someone anointed by God to do so, from one of these three roles. For example, a priest representing God anointed the king. Moses, a prophet chosen by God, anointed Aaron to be their high priest, and so on. So let us go back to the woman who anointed Jesus. She is a woman of no particular renown, and she's anointing Jesus, who is God who became flesh. Jesus in his humanity fulfills all three roles of the prophet, priest, and king. As a man, he was already anointed for service by God's Spirit. He declared he was the fulfillment of every prophecy regarding salvation and God's kingdom. The scriptures testify of him. They reveal how he was anointed by God, sent to preach the good news, heal the brokenhearted, Proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. He is the King of Kings, who became the suffering servant, 
and sacrificed himself for all humanity. As the four Gospels are the good news about Jesus, this extraordinary sacred moment reveals the heart of God. It is so deep, precious, and personal. When Jesus receives this woman's incredible act in anointing him for his burial, he raises her up to a position of the highest honour. In this moment, the Word of God declares that this passage of Scripture will be told as a memorial to her, wherever the Gospel is preached in the whole world. All God's promises are yes and amen. To this day, Jesus continues to honour her through his love letter to us. For God, there is no separation between the Gospel being preached and this union between the woman and Jesus the woman and God. This real-life drama is intricately woven into the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the Anointed One, the embodiment of the good news of God's eternal salvation and inheritance into his eternal kingdom, his kingdom of equality and respect. The Woman anointed him for his burial. For he said it is for all humanity that he must die. Jesus honours her, raises her up, and receives her act of anointing him for service. With such a powerful demonstration of the gospel and God's heart desire for us, I am reminded how God anoints and honours us through his Spirit. God's heart never changes, and he's no respecter of persons. He created out of love the first man and woman, and gave his greatest honour to them. He created them in his own image, gave them his power and authority to care for his perfect world. He intimately created them and breathed his very breath of life into them. He provided everything for them before he even created them. And even in their rebellion, he called after them and he pursued them in love. He personally gave his honour to them. Making clothing for them, he covered their shame both male and female, even in their rebellion, God still honoured and loved them. Throughout the ages, God continues to give us his honour. He honours us. And out of his great love, he honoured us with the greatest gift of all, that is himself. Himself in Jesus, who became the sacrifice for us, and paid the cost for our salvation. In Jesus God honoured us, and declared to all throughout the ages that we were worth all his suffering, where he took upon his body all the anguish of this world. How in his sacrifice he paid the cost for us. For everything we have said, thought, and done against each other, and against him.
Yet there's more, there's always more with God. Upon Jesus' ascension into heaven and his departure from this earth, he promised a helper, his spirit from the Father, who will be given to us through him. To think that God makes his home with us and dwells within us, in our hearts, is beyond our human reasoning. He so desires to be with us and is with us to the ends of this age. Wherever we are and wherever we go, he is there with us. He honours us and gives to us his identity and his name. He calls us his own. His name, that is everything associated with Jesus. Who he is, what he has done and will do. It is his power and authority, his intimacy with the Father, his acceptance in the Beloved and his inheritance of his eternal kingdom and resurrection life. To all who receive Jesus, we are joint heirs with him. We are a child of the living God, anointed and chosen, honoured and valued, accepted and most loved. It is God who has anointed us and honours us with his presence. He raises us up to be his prophets, priests and kings. It is by his spirit that he writes his story in our hearts. Every disciple of Jesus is his testimony and love letter to the world. We carry his spirit, his presence, his kingdom, his heart, his mission, his glory, into every situation. We are his love story, our story in his story, his story in our story, a true love story. He is with us in every situation, in every circumstance, and in every step. God honours us with everything of himself. And what is our response? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your heart. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you honour us and anoint us because you so love. Out of transformed heart and mind, may everything we do be in honour and worship of you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name.